after ball rugby. Started off thinking I was the Brian O'Driscoll, then I worked my way down to Mike Tyndall, who just was like solid and could run through people. My coaches gave me the Bible in how to play seven. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The Club Championship Show on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB, proud sponsor of the Football, Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. You are very welcome along to the Club Championship Show here on Off The Ball. It is brought to you by AIB. Ballygunners bid for three Munster Club Hurling titles in a row very much still alive. They will face first-time finalist Clon Lara of Clare in the decider on Sunday week in Thurles. Neil McManus helping fire Cushendall into the Ulster final after extra time. We'll also be speaking to Carol Kane a little bit later on about the race to be crowned the football champions in what looks a wide open Northern Province this year. Nace's hurlers will have the chance to join their football counterparts in reaching a Leinster final this weekend, while the All-Ireland final semi-wellies, the semi-final picture, is incredibly clear now at this stage after the provincial finals in the Camogie. So plenty to get through. Delighted to say Top of the show, we're joined by John Fogarty from the Irish Examiner. John, how are you getting on? Well, how are you? I'm not too bad. I watched uh, both the Munster Club hurling semi-finals. One full of drama, one maybe where Ballygunner were just able to keep Napiersig at arm's length during the game. Uh, both were on the TV last Sunday. If we could start off with Ballygunner, because people are tipping them a long way out, especially after Ballyhale were knocked out in Kilkenny as the overwhelming favourites to win this All-Ireland Championship. They haven't done a whole lot wrong in the two games that they've played so far kind of a blitzing win against Sarsfields the first day out and Porrick Manny uh, just bringing them to success in uh, the Gaelic grounds at the weekend. Yeah, Porrick Manny, second year in a row. Uh, well, 13 points last year, 11 points this year against the Pearsic. It's a team that he would have had difficulty and Ballygunner would have had difficulty against um, at the start of the 2010s, but clearly um, the tightest turn there and uh, it was very comprehensive. Obviously, it was a bit edgy towards the end um, you know, Nipisha got that goal, which completely came against their run of play. And I think there was a bit, you know, there was a couple of scares for them after that. But really, you know, the it was a victory that was well within their grasp and they should have won by more. They won't matter. You know, Nipisha have given them so many nightmares down through the years that any t- they'll take any victory against them as much as they certainly have, um, you know, they, they, they have the... Uh, they have it over them there at the moment. The, the you you mentioned the, the the game against Sarsfields. You know it's very rare. You know yourself. Semi-finals are only for for winning will, and mm. they have managed really well to bridge this gap from the early Waterford final until the start of Munster. And I think they're actually grateful in many ways for quarterfinals because if it was a semi-final, they would have been waiting ten weeks which um, might have made things a little bit more awkward for them. But um, uh, they're taking this victory. uh, Now that the Shamrocks are out of the championship, um, they are being favoured very very mostly. Um, In Munster, they're used to... um, they're, They're really, at this stage, they don't mind the expectation that's placed on them. But when they get out of Munster, that's the question. And obviously... Uh, that's that, that's something for another day because Canlara are there as much as uh, from by my calculations anyway they've beaten the Clare champions in the the last uh, their last five monster championships so it's nothing new to them as much as it's definitely going to be a, a novelty for uh, for for Clonlara. Yeah, I mean they handed out a right beaten to Ballier a few years ago as well, which was I think a quarter final as well. It is amazing how they actually work this break, John, because you know for Navena and Wexford particularly, who similarly had a very long layoff, and Mount Leinster Rangers were talking about this as well, that it is incredibly difficult to try and bridge that gap. But Ballygunner may be unique 
in being able to actually not have any particular problems with it. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting, especially when you're hearing now that Wexford, um, obviously, who Watford replicated in a way in their championship in terms of the block hurling first and then the football afterwards. Well, not that there's buyer's remorse or anything on Wexford, but I think they're going to change to alternate weeks, very much like the likes of other dual counties, Orkut, Galway, Tip, Cork. Um, whereas I don't think there doesn't seem to be any appetite to change it in Waterford at the moment. So, you know, we're, we're going to get, you know, that we're going to be used to this for a while, you would imagine, until somebody stops Bally Gunner in Waterford. Um, and as much as there's a lot of good underage work in the likes of De La Salle and Mount Zion um, and Rowan Moore as well, that, you know, there's no let up here and it doesn't seem to be any let up in any shape or form. Obviously, we, we know some of the stories that the Daisy Hutchison and a few guys go off to play football uh, with Galtier um, just down the road in Dunmore. And um, that kind of bridges the gap for a few of the guys. Other guys are just happy to take a rest. And you would imagine the likes of Porg Manny, who has a lot of mileage there, as much as he's, he's a young man. Stephen O'Keefe, Philip Manny, Barry Cochran, they're just happy for the rest because it is quite intense. Game on game in the Waterford Championship. Um, and it is something that they that if you talk to the Valley Gunner boys they they were it's something that they would like change a little bit because it, the, the intensity is quite incredible but the, by the by the end of it will the, the especially the veterans they're just delighted for that break as much as it for us for you and me it just seems like a hell of a long gap between that and the provincial championship yeah we're just thinking a couple of weeks ago after that first round win as well it's almost a unique situation that Valley Gunner find themselves in as well where some of those players who have retired recently from Intercounty like O'Keefe like Park Manny are still at the peak of their powers and now 100% committed to their club on it which like that has to be um, an incredible thing for any club to have because usually when you get your Intercounty players it's after maybe they're past their peak when they're concentrating entirely on club yeah, and, and it surprises a lot of us. Like, obviously, Owen Murphy, <laughs> the recently crowned All-Star, said it about Stephen O'Keefe that he rates him as the best in the country. Uh, I imagine he still does. There's doesn't seem, Saki just doesn't seem to be any let up in him. They are benefiting from it, but obviously they're still, um, it's an elite setting, which I imagine appeals to a lot of them in Ballygunner. Um, and obviously there's a little bit of green-eyed monster in Waterford there, in the sense that, you know, they keep to, people say they keep to themselves now. You speak to get Bally Gunner boys and they'll be like, no, we're, listen, we're still contributing players like the likes of Patrick Fitzgerald is still there. Desi Hutchinson is obviously still playing with Watford, but they have, I imagine just haven't had uh, a lot of heartache down through the years. Um, you know, it's, they, they've just got things right. Uh, David Franks is going to stay with them again next year. Steve, uh, um, Darrell Sullivan has confirmed that as much as he's going in with Keith Rossiter and Wexford. Um, that's a big bonus because uh, they have a lot of time for Franks. He's one of the best coaches out there at the moment. Um, they, they 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 just have this conveyor belt that's going and going, and I, you know, who's who knows when it's going to stop. Well, like obviously Shamrocks last year, um, not that they believed um much of their own hype. I don't think it came to that, but obviously things filter into it, and uh, for for Shamrocks were clearly upset by how much they were written off, and there is no, you know, Kilkenny teams when people write off Kilkenny teams. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing worse, um, because they, 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 you know, they really take it to heart. Um, I think though, Ballygunner have learned a lot, a lot of lessons from that now, and as much as Shamrocks are out of the championship. Um, I, I I think they're going to. Uh, I, I I I think I'm going to take some stopping at this stage. Yeah, I think as well when it comes to Ballyhill Shamrocks next year, John losing two and forty two. If they needed any motivation after all the winning they've done over the last five six seasons, I would think a winter off is probably going to refresh their hunger again. Yeah, much like the arguments that I've made in the last couple of days, will about the the Cliffords. Um, 
I, I think it is that little bit of respite as much as they don't want it. Um, you know, it's good medicine for them, you know. Um, and seeing if Ballygonner go on to win Munster and go on to win uh, the All-Ireland, as a lot of us expect they will, um, you know, that there, there'll be no, you know, there'll be no better motivation for them there. Just a point, just to take up a point that you made earlier on as well, like Ballygunner don't change their team a lot. You know, very much like Limerick as well. Um, speaking to Pat Ryan, the Cork manager there recently, they're looking at a more concentrated group next year. It, it seems as if the best teams are, you know, there's not a, you know, some people might say it's inertia, other people just say it's a settled team. Like that team, um, that Ballygunner team, you know, Harry Ruddle still can't get into it as much as, you know, it's it's the 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 Harry Ruddle final, and I think that upsets Ballygunner in the sense, you know, that you know, not that they they you know obviously they're very thankful for Harry Ruddle winning that All Ireland, but almost that they they snatched it, and um, you know, the, the, you know, it's the old Jerry Lockdown saying, "Win one is great, but win two, you become a, a a super team." And I think Ballygunner want that's a big motivation for them, but th- that team is very settled. Ronan Power is still there, Billy O'Keefe. Obviously, a club player of the year, a couple, a club player um, in the uh, club also a couple of years ago. He can't get into the team at the moment. That's uh, that settledness, or uh, for want of a better word, um, it really seems to suit them. And uh, they do have a bench there, and that was the concern from Napierschik at the weekend that with their injuries, they didn't have the reserves to co- uh, bring in, and so it proved it didn't, just didn't work for them in the end. We were actually chatting about the Napierschik goalkeeper Shane Dowling, who is in this very different role at this stage. Made a great save from Desi Hutchinson early in the game his puck outs are really good we were kind of wondering here on Monday if he wasn't gone in with the Limerick minor team if potentially this is the type of guy you might look at as a sub goalkeeper for the county team a couple of times I've seen him this year he seems very settled between the goals yeah um, and from talking to him last week he seems and it's obviously it's elongated a career which he felt um, he was waving goodbye to at one stage there so um, it's not a case of just you know, and he he would be aware of these things as well. Working in the media, that um, you know he's he's seen as a guy. Oh yeah, they're plumas and they're putting them in goal. They're giving Shane um, a role. He knows full well that he would have had to have earned that. And up until, from my understanding, anyway, up until the start of the Limerick Championship, um, it was very much uh, between himself and Evan Condon, and uh, there was no favoritism shown. You know, obviously they know the quality of the puck. There's there's few pure strikers of a ball out there than Shane Dowling, but obviously he's added to it. And he's made the saves as well. Like as he said himself last week, well, um, it's not about making saves. Um, but at the same time, even with his knee difficulties, even as he admits himself, he's a little bit weaker on the right hand side. He wasn't really caught out uh, in any, you know, in any shape or form in that regard. So that argument, you know, is, is absolutely a genuine uh, one to have because if it wasn't for the fact that he's so eager to to coach and so eager to go in with the Limerick Miners, we could be saying that, you know, he could be the auxiliary to um, to, uh, to, to to Nicky Quaid because obviously um, guys like Barry Hensley, these guys have gone now and, you know, that, that position behind... Uh, Nicky has, you know, th- there hasn't been a settled guy there. And obviously we're going to get to the stage where Nicky is in his mid-30s now, uh, where that conversation has to be had. Who is going to take over from The other semi-final, the two o'clock game, was a thriller, particularly in the finish, if anyone was watching the closing stages of it, because Kiladangan find themselves in that position where they're down to 13 men, but yet they find themselves go ahead. So Dan Amara, Sean Hayes have been sent off. They get themselves still ahead. I think it was 73 minutes they were still in front. But Clonara sent three points over late on in the game to win it. And it's a clear underage star in Dermot Stritch who gets the, the winning point. Uh, what a way for Clonlara to win a game. 
No, sensational and um, uh, obviously a lot of people making out with his four points and his four assists man of the match for John Clanlon was completely deserved and what a weekend he had it was amazing to see a lot of the guys there on Friday night like Willow Donahue and what have you um, minding themselves obviously but knowing full well what was coming on Sunday and uh, John Clanlon certainly minded himself as he proved there and again he just showed his versatility in the sense that you know as much as and I, and I would have been I, I would have had serious doubts about him going centre back for Clare Will I just wondered if it would would have worked. Obviously, they trialed it and it has paid paid dividends because obviously he was missed in last year's uh, All Ireland semi final um, when you know he there was that was that was just a, a bad day for Clare at the office in that regard. Whatever about tactics this year, but um, Clannara, it is a, it's a lovely story. The concern is for them obviously coming into this final, they're coming into propellers. Um, against Bally Gunner. Now, from my understanding, Bally Gunner were looking for Porky Quee for this final. Right. Uh, and uh, obviously, it's been set in Torres. Now, I don't think Bally Gunner are going to cry about playing in Torres where they've been very successful in the past. But uh, Clannara were looking for Torres, and so it's uh, it, it's proved. So um, it, you might say it's one victory for Clannara there already. But, the, you know, the, the, the Galvins, um, the, the, there's a great backbone to that Clannara team. Obviously, you would imagine. A bit to lesser extent, the four weeks was very difficult for them to bridge from winning that ver- first uh, title in so many years um, to playing uh, Kiladangan, who were coming off, you know, a game in, in, in two weeks previously. So uh, three weeks previously, I should say. So it, it was, you know, it, it was an awkward one for them, and it was extremely awkward when they they had that numerical advantage at the end. Yeah, because I kind of thought from Kiladangan's point of view, they come through a couple of difficult uh, games with the tip final and the replay. And you're thinking they're on home soil. They're probably match hardened coming into this. Understandably, as you mentioned, Clonlara are off the back of a success, which you would understand if they were celebrating it. And I kind of thought from that point of view, it was going to be um, Kiladangan on the day. But I suppose the two red cards swing the game, don't they? I mean, eventually that numerical advantage just kind of caught up with them. I do. There's no denying it. And, you know, obviously there was... Um you know, there's some doubts about the red cards. I thought the first one was absolutely a red card. I don't think that Dan O'Mara could have any question about that. Second one, I've seen them not given in the past. And that was very much of six of one and half a dozen of the other. Obviously, linesman Johnny Murphy saw it and he reported it to Kieran O'Regan, the referee, and that. And so it happened. Um, but you got to, geez, you got to give some credit to Kildang and the way they fought back. Obviously, you know, I was. He was one of the journalists, I was one of the journalists, I should say, that Alan Flynn spoke to after the Tipperary final. And, you know, that was very much, um, that victory was very much a kind of like, they were motivated by the fact that, you know, only a couple of them got into the Tipperary final. I bet that was material you weren't expecting after a county final, because we all opened up the quotes and went, bloody hell, this is explosive. Not usually what you hear. Usually it's, we're delighted to get over the line. Fantastic. They have the cup coming back to the parish. No, no, he, uh, he very much used his platform that day. Yeah, he's a good talker, Will, as you know. He's a good talker, but obviously he had given an, an, an absolutely rousing acceptance speech. And you have to understand, there was no crowd, there was barely any crowd um, the last time they won because of obviously the pandemic and the, the crowd restrictions. So he, he was going to take his opportunity there. But when we approached him, obviously, you know, we knew that the, here was a man who was in the Tipperary panel and was no longer in the Tipperary panel. And obviously, you know, Liam Cal felt, um, you know, he had reasons for why he picked the panel like he did. A lot of people felt when he went into Waterford that he was unfair on old Connors, who was the captain the previous year for for, for Waterford. Uh, Liam, you know, like has a certain idea of a player in his mind. Whether 
the speech that Adam Finn gave to us after that game is going to um, hurt his chances of getting back in remains to be seen. But Kiladangan went out on their shields. There's no denying that. The fact that they went ahead uh, like they did uh, being th- with with 13 men, they can, you know, they can they, they can hold their heads high. There's no denying that. At the same time, Clan Lara, the character that they showed to win like they did, um, it'll have to serve them well going into the final as much as, you know, I think a lot of us would be worried uh, as, from a neutral perspective that um, this is right up Bally Gunner Street. Yeah, I guess, look, if you're the Clare champions in this case, you ride the wave a little bit because for these players, okay, some of them have played inter-county for Clare in big games, but this is the first uh, Munster final for this group of players. And so therefore you're going into a game where you would think all the talk is going to be about Bally Gunner. We mentioned earlier how they're favourites to win the All-Ireland and they just go out there and try and get back-to-back wins in Thurles. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, the psychology thing was something that Daryl O'Sullivan mentioned afterwards. It has been a thing that they've spoken about. Obviously, Shane O'Sullivan is a, a professional, and he's still playing like Benjamin Button, rolling back the years um, at wing back. He's playing some uh, really solid hurling, but obviously, he had this psychology or sports psychology. His background, performance co- coaching, they would have relied on the likes of Tony O'Regan in the past as well. I would imagine if they're they're tapping into that again, will because um, it had been a difficulty for Ballygunner in the past. They were the bridesmaids. They Daryl Sullivan still refers to it like. And obviously, he, he, it's understandable if he plays a little bit of poor mouth, especially coming up to a game like this, saying that, you know, this this will suit Clonlara. Yeah, um, but it will suit Clonlara in a way. It's, it's a shot to nothing in a way. They might, like John Connell might say in the dressing room this week, lads, I want the Munster title, you know, and Munster titles have been very difficult, obviously, for, for Clare teams to, to, to attain. So, um, it, 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 it's going to work both ways. It was interesting. Daryl Sullivan was, and a lot of the players were wearing a kind of a wristband with H on it afterwards. And Tomas McCarthy, uh, the Waterford journalist, asked asked him what, what did it stand for? And uh, he just passed it off as saying it was for hurling. But obviously it's something for like honesty or something like that, you would imagine, because it's it, they will have felt um, when everything seemed to be going in their favour last year that when Shamrocks took them down like they did, they, they didn't see it coming. And uh, this is about getting their ducks in a row this year. Um, they're doing, as you said at the start of the show, Will, they're doing everything right at the moment uh, for Clanlara now to, if, if Clanlara were to shock them now, you could see a pudding belly gunner back a long time. But I, I, I just can't see it at the moment. And I know we're a long way out from the game at, at this moment in time. You would fully expect that the likes of Colin Galvins need to score more. They only scored two points at the weekend. The brothers, you want more out of them. Um, you know, Philip Mahoney will sit on the D. He might let John Collin roam a little bit like, like that. You would expect, although the, you know, Clanlara might have a different idea for John in this game. Uh, they're, they're going to have to come up with something different. I wrote in the preview uh, at the weekend, Will, for Nipish. Nipish had to come up with two or three. Uh, different game plans. Anthony Daly said in our in our newspaper that uh, they probably got a little bit confused in the end, in a way, because they they probably had overthought things. Um, and in the end, it was long ball that that proved to be a little bit of a difficulty for Bally Gunner. So, Conan at the edge of the square against Barry Cochran is a tasty one if it happens. Mm, absolutely, John. Good stuff. Thanks a million. Pleasure, Will. All the best. Of course, incredibly busy weekend across all the provinces. Just a taste of what was happening elsewhere. Uh, Corfin, very impressive again. The Galway champions are on the march again into the Connacht decider. 14 points from play they scored against Balna as they won by 16 points to 12. Uh, Corfin used the wind very well in the first half. We're nine points to three up. That six-point lead uh, was even with Balna getting a couple of points late in the first half. They made a flying start to the game. 
Balnado were out, Porco Hora, they lost Jerry Cafferkey to an injury uh, early on in the game as well, which didn't help their chances. And really by the 48 minutes, that important third quarter, Cora Finn had pushed their lead back out to 12 points to six. Tightened up a little bit in the end, uh, but those experienced players like Mio Lundy and Gary Sice, uh, important in the end for the Galway champions as they got through. They're going to play against Roscommon's St. Bridget's in a couple of weeks' time in the Connacht final. Kieran Sugru scored the goal for the Roscommon champions. They held on for a win somewhat against Mohill of Leitrim in the other semi-final. They finished up one goal and seven points to eight points. But that is a couple of All-Ireland club champions up against each other in what's going to be a very, very tasty conic final there. We've got the Leinster Club hurling semi-finals this Saturday afternoon. Uh, the game between Nace and Nafina will now be played in Port Leash. It was due to be in Hawkfield, but due to the expected crowd, that semi-final will now be in Port Leash. We're going to have a very good game in O'Connor Park in Tullamore as well. O'Loughlin Gales, who have ended the run of the All-Ireland Champions Ballahale Shamrocks with that dramatic win in the Kilkenny final. They won against Mount Leinster Rangers in the quarterfinals a couple of weeks ago. Up against the Kilcormac Kalai side, who went down to Wexford and beat Navena. They put in a huge third quarter as well in that game. Adam Screeny, one of the rising stars in the game, uh, won himself an under-20 medal in Offaly at the weekend as well. Kilcormac Kalai winning senior, senior B and under-20 in the faithful county this year. And it sets up a chance to watch maybe uh, a matchup for the future with Adam Screeny potentially going up against Mikey Butler, the former Young Hurler of the Year, the Kilkenny All-Star cornerback, will probably be detailed on Screeny this weekend. So that should be a great battle in and of itself. Uh, this Kilcormac Kalai side backboned really by the Offaly under-20 team uh, that got to the uh, All-Ireland final where they lost out to Cork last year. Nace against Nafina. Nace are in this position where potentially they could go to football and hurling finals. Leinster Council have already made provision if Nace were to win on Saturday afternoon. Uh, that would mean that the football final between Nace and Kilmacook Croaks would be pushed back by a week if Nace win, because Nace have got three dual players who are very important to both teams. Brian Byrne, who found the net against Camros in the hurling last time out, James Burke and Dara Giernan all involved. It is a return back to Port Leash for Nace as well. They beat Camros by a goal, 2-17 to one goal and 17 in the quarterfinals two weeks ago. Uh, Colin Curry, very much the star for Nafina. Nine frees he scored against Raharney, where they won by 124 to 19 points in Mullingar last time out. Uh, Colin's been over the freeze primarily because Dublin star Donald Burke has been injured for the last month or so we're not sure if he's going to be able to play this weekend all expectations are he'd be ready for Croke Park next week uh, so he's just about coming back to fitness and he sat down with RGA reporter Tommy Rooney You're in a, the middle of a phenomenal run for your own club at the minute Nafina have won the Dublin County title for the first time you've got a Leinster semi-final coming up against Nace unfortunately for yourself you got hurt a couple of months back Um you did the hamstring against Clare and it was described as a serious hamstring injury. Like, what is a serious hamstring injury? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I tore my hamstring tendon off the bone. Um, so, as I saw, and it's just right at the top of your hamstring, yeah. Um, that's back in the June. End, end of June. End of June. Yeah, that's a, that's, everyone says the hamstring needs time, but that's, that's yeah. a fairly significant one. Like, so yeah. is it the, the patience and the, I suppose the rehab over the last few months trying to get back? What's that been like for you? Um, yeah, just the first few weeks are slow because you can't really do much, but um, once you get started, I suppose, ramping up the strength work. Um, the few weeks, the last couple of months have actually gone quick enough just because it's been so hectic with the club and all, so uh, 
It's not too bad, but nearly there now. Maybe another month or so. Hoping to be nip and tuck then. Okay, I'll take you on your word for that month or so. Good man, you never know. Sometimes it can be miraculous recoveries. The the club winning, right? Um, you, you had heartbreak with Nafina. You lost two county finals in 21 and 22. So you're obviously heavily involved in them. Um, a team of today and some of the county final winners that I've been chatting to recently has been hunger and uh, bottling that hurt. Is that something you did this year? Like it's, it feels like a cliche, but I know from being in restaurants myself, you can do it. Um, I suppose, yeah. Um, can you get blinded by that sometimes? Yeah, we we tried not to. I suppose linger on the past. Um, we would have, I suppose, watched the the previous final there during the summer, um, and we kind of drew a line under it then. Like so, we're kind of looking forward then and, and taking every every game as it came. Um, we actually we probably weren't playing the best the first. We lost our first group game and. And um, we, we thankfully we had our boy the next game, so uh, we had a few tough weeks of training and just came back and we kind of ran a bit of form then. And, and we've thankfully we kept it going since. You were Murayushka in the county final, unfortunately. What was that like? Ah, look, everyone's be asked, honest, be honest now. Come on, everyone's asking me, it must be terrible not to be playing, but uh. To be honest, if, if you told me to start a year, we would have won the club, and I wasn't playing. I would have taken that deal. To be honest, um, it was kind of. I suppose it got to a stage. It was kind of bigger than the team. Like it was more, more to get to get over the line for the club, um, and it was just that was class. Uh, we had a great couple of days uh, there. It was a three weeks ago now. You have obviously brothers in the team. Um, I'd imagine friends involved as well. So uh, when you're saying it becomes bigger than yourself, it, it probably is a thing. But on a personal level as well, um, what did you have to do to get yourself in the in a positive mind frame to get the boys to be behind the boys and help them out? I suppose just encouraging us. We have a few younger lads um, that were probably playing. It was their first first county final, so maybe just trying to take a bit of pressure off them um, and just kind of maybe not bigging up the occasion. Um, it's just another game, like so. Um, just little small things like that there's not much now I can do but uh, thankfully yeah, they're able to take care of business Alright there you go if you want to listen to that full interview with Donald Burke by the way or any of the reaction from last week's games in the AIB Club Championships including reaction from the Cora Finn camp and from Ballygunner you can do so in the OTB GEA feed uh, best place to do so is on the Off The Ball app uh, so that's Nafina first time Dublin champions hoping to become first time Leinster finalists in the club hurling this weekend Nace have got the chance, the Kildare double champions, to potentially be double Leinster finalists. Very good win for them against St. Lomans in the football last Sunday afternoon. Uh, particularly when you take into account that Nace managed to keep St. Lomans to just two points. And that was the St. Lomans team with three of the Westmead forward line playing to two points over a 35-minute spell. In the end, Nace won after extra time by 115 to one goal in 10 Big star in the day was Dara Kerwin. He was running the show from wing forward. Scored 1-7 for Nace. And uh, Lomans, again, will look back on the scores just drying up, particularly after halftime. There were three points up at halftime in that game. Three in a row chasing Kilmacook Crokes, the All-Ireland champions. Well, they had to withstand the fight back against St. Mary's in RD. Uh, second time it's got a bit sticky for them against the Loud champions in recent years. But they're back to Crow Park. The All-Ireland champions were 10 points up at halftime, having played with the wind. Looked like there was only going to be one winner at that stage. But the lead was cut back to just two points after 45 minutes. Um, again, Paul Mannion, very impressive. Missed out on an all-star on Friday, but kicking five points in play uh, for Kilmico Crokes across the game. A win for Crokes in that final, whenever it's played, depending on what happens with the Nace Hurlers, would see them potentially join Port Leash and St. Vincent's on a record seven Leinster titles. In Ulster, Neil McManus scoring 114 in the end as Cushendall get through to the final. Uh, this was a high-scoring affair after extra time uh, Cushendall beat Portet Ferry of Derry by four goals and 28 points to three goals and 19. 
It looked like the down champions were about to win until McManus stepped up to equalise the game with a free about 25 metres out late on, uh, went for blasting operations, scored the goal, sent it to extra time and then we had a host of goals which were scored within extra time as well. Joe McLaughlin and Alex Delegree scoring for Cushendall and they will now play Slock Neal of Derry in the Ulster Hurling Final in a couple of weeks' time. In the Camogie, Roshi McCormick with 10 points, six of them from play. Lock Eel, last year's beaten All-Ireland finalists, Ulster champions again, beating Leitrim of Down in the end by 20 points to three in the Ulster Camogie final. They will now face the new Leinster champions, Dixborough, in the All-Ireland semi-finals. The Kilkenny club fought back to defeat holder St. Vincent's by 12 points to one goal and seven in the Leinster final. We also know the competition of the final now in Munster. And of course, Sarsfields of Galway will await the Munster champions in the All-Ireland series. Uh, Sarsfields of Cork overcoming Newcastle West by 16 points to two goals and nine. While Drummond Inch of Tipperary, who are the defending champions in that competition, uh, were playing a De La Salle of Waterford side that had Beck Carton, the Camogie Player of the Year. But Drummond Inch coming through after extra time by two points, 113 to 111. So Sarsfields up against Drummond Inch in the final in a couple of weeks' time. Ulster football semi-finals uh, look completely wide open now at this stage. Uh, the fixtures this coming weekend, before we bring in Carol Kane, uh, both games are going to be televised. The first of the semi-finals is on Saturday. That is going to be Glen of Derry up against Nave Cunnell of Donegal. It's on Healy Park, half past five, and RT are screening that. While TG Carr will have the coverage on Sunday for the second semi-final, which is Trillick of Tyrone up against Scotstown of Monaghan. That's a 1pm start, so it's the early game on TG Carr, and that is at the Athletic Ground. So things looking wide open now at this stage, particularly in Ulster with some of the bigger teams who've been knocked out, like Cross McGlen and Kilcoo. Uh, just uh, to let you know, before we uh, break in more detail in what's uh, happening in Ulster this weekend, the other matches which will take place across the weekend just to come. We've got those Leinster Club Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals which are both going to be played on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so Offaly's Kilcormac Clyde up against O'Loughlin Gales of Kilkenny. That game is at Clanisco Connor Park at half past one and will be screened on TG Carr. Nace of Kildare against Nafina is in Port Leash at the same time. And we've got the Munster Club Senior Football Championship semi-finals on Sunday afternoon as well. Clonmel Commercials of Tipperary up against the Kerry representatives Dingle. That is at Semple Stadium at half past one. Same time, Frarfield has been confirmed as the venue for Rackormack of Waterford up against Castlehaven of Cork. It was a win after extra time for Castlehaven against Cratlow last time out. But let's have a chat now about the Ulster semi-finals, which are on this weekend. Delighted to say Caro Kane as well. Caro, how are you getting on? Not too bad, Will. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I just kind of mentioned there, it's last round. We had a couple of the big guns, two of the big pedigree uh, teams in the All-Ireland Championship go out in Cross McGlen against Kilku. I think that this is Glen are the favourites to go back to back in Ulster. Uh, but still, there's kind of a wide open feel about this weekend. Absolutely. Uh, I think most people would see Glen as, as favourites now. I think the expectation before the thing began was that it, it was a tough look in Ulster Championship, but still the expectation was Glen and Kilku were on opposite sides of the draw and would, would end up in the Ulster final. Now, that hasn't. That hasn't happened. Scotstown uh, put paid to that uh, two weeks ago. So it is, it's it's wide open to a point where you expect Glenn to win it. Any of the other three would feel that it is an, an enormous opportunity that they, you know, they might not get one as good again. Those three teams will all be looking at it thinking, this, this thing's really sitting here uh, now. And I mean, you wouldn't put a fortune of money on it going 
the way that you expected it to go, especially the way two weeks ago went. Mm. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I was watching the the Trillic game particularly, and I thought there's only going to be one winner in this game, and yet they kind of dug in in an arm wrestle and won. And that always kind of gives that uh, that chance that they could maybe take out Scotstown on on Sunday. But if we could start off with Glenn against Nave Connell, I mean, again, I suppose look, Glenn have done nothing wrong whatsoever. You would think we were talking about motivation for uh, some of the hurling teams like Ballygunner, the pain of losing a semi final last year, but particularly the dramatic circumstances of last year's All Ireland final. Glenn must be stacked with motivation this season. Yeah, it would be. Um, I think. You look at the history of of all Ireland winners in recent years. A lot of them have lost one to win one. Um, and Glenn would would have once they settled, sort of looked at that and realised, look, their 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 age profile is perfect for another few years of this. They're you know they're a very young team uh, in in terms of you know no real elder statesman at all at this stage, and they still have most of their fellows in their mid to late twenties. So. They're they're perfectly primed to to come back again. It's just the it's the mental and physical side um, of putting back to back ulsters together. Uh, it's not it's not an an easy thing to do at all. Uh, they probably have set themselves up to with the best opportunity of doing that by you know they didn't really put an awful lot, even though they you know they were very comfortable in the league and very impressive in the league in Derry. They didn't put much into it um, and sort of timed the run, even the group stage of, of the championship. I remember Swatra scoring three goals against them, and people are thinking, God, you know, are Glenn, are Glenn wavering a wee bit here? But, you know, not not a bit. They were they were timing it and, and they've pretty much, you know, almost walked out of Derry in, in terms of big second halves were enough. They had a tough semi final against Zach Neal. They were. They were looking like they were having a tough final against Marfelt for for a half, but were were absolutely brilliant and served a wee bit of notice. I thought in the in the second half of that game, particularly where they just blew Marfelt away, and I mean it would have been interesting to see how the Carrigan game would have gone had Tomas McCann not been sent off when he was, and it wasn't just wasn't just the Carrigan went down to fourteen men, which has kind of been lost. And Tomas McCann is such an important player for Carrigan as well. You know, was named. Player of the Year and Antrim there at their at their All Stars at the weekend, so that that got glossed over a wee bit too. Just how big a loss he was, but I felt that it was a much better game than last year's game between the two of them. I thought both teams their performance levels were were way up on on where they had been, and it just would have been. Still think Glenn would have got out of it, but it would have been very interesting to see how it would have panned out fifteen on fifteen. Yeah, but look, you don't want to give the defending provincial champions any kind of advantage either when you lose one numerically. Like are Glenn, we said they were more impressive than that game last year. Are they more impressive this time uh, than they were maybe when we look back twelve months ago? Because even when we would have had these conversations twelve months ago, we were thinking Glenn were looking serious Ulster contenders at that point too. Uh, performance ways probably not at, at at this stage. I think they have built into a lot of games and had big second halves is the way their championship has kind of gone they've they've been doing enough and doing enough by enough of a distance that it looks comfortable for them you mean the second say the second half of the county final against Marfelt you know we really thought Marfelt were controlling all the possession controlling the game in the first half Warren Lynch the, the dairy goalkeeper went off with a hamstring injury and he had been a kind of a Rory Began-esque outlet for for Marfelt in the first half, and that had an impact as well. But, but Glenn were very, very, very good in the second half, and in the spells that they've played well, they've looked really, really good. 
you know, I suppose those spells maybe just haven't been as prolonged as they would like them to be through games. But there's definitely a sense that, you know, there have been bits of that performance there. And if they can just stretch it out over longer periods of time, there's there's no sign of, I mean, there shouldn't be any sign of any dip there. I say their physical profile and their age profile, their, you know, you, you take it on paper, you put Kieran McFall back into the team, he missed that run last year. They're, they're operating off pretty much the exact same 15, with the exception of sort of Tiernan Flanagan, who hasn't been able to get back in. Um, he went on, he travelled and, and came home when young Danny McDermott, who's still minor, like is is or just out under seventeen, sorry, is um is doing remarkably well and having a great season. So on paper, they've probably actually strengthened from from last year. And it's just knitting enough of a performance together. But when it comes it, it's gonna hurt somebody. Well, let's see if Nave Connell can uh, put some hurt onto them or will it be Glenn handing out the hurt this weekend. What's the case for a Nave Connell victory potentially here? I've I've seen Nave Connell in, in the flesh a good few times over the last couple of years. And I, have to, I, I, I don't know if there is a club team in Ireland that defends as well as Nave Connell do. I know like probably watching TV or you look at it even on the ground or you're or in neutral and you think it's just horribly ugly at times the, the style of play but they are so good at it they are awesome at it like the, the way that they lay traps and the way that they go after turnovers and the way that they don't foul they're so so disciplined in their tackling and look I haven't actually got a chance I don't know what the weather is to be on on Saturday in Oma if, if rain comes in Oma it could soften that pitch up a lot and you know, and then the way Neve Connell play, you know, it could it could come to be a very very tricky assignment for Glenn. Um, you know, Neve Connell are very very disciplined and very very structured in the way that they play. Even their attacking game, you know, they get the right ball carriers on the ball. I suppose for opposition teams looking at them, and it's been something that nobody in Donegal has really been able to do is get a handle on Kieran Thompson. Um, he's been the best club player in, in Donegal football for the last few years. He's been absolutely unbelievable for for Neve Connell at times, dragging them through games. And he's a big, big player for them. Uh, they got out of jail against Gauna, um, you know, the the last minute goal. But even that, you have to give great credit to to Anthony Thompson for for actually knowing the rules on on the square ball, where instead of dropping the free, and he played it short first and then dropped it in. Which basically, you know, the same ball in from a free would have been a free out mm-hmm. on on the square ball. So that you know that wee bit of experience and that wee bit of just calmness in the sixty fifth minute of a game to think, well, you know, if I do this, the game's over. I'll play it short first. It was it was brilliant, but they, they, there's no doubt they got out of jail. Yeah, it is. I suppose that calmness is really important when you consider a defence is understandably. I won't say going to panic, but they go into a defensive mode where they think, let's get as many players back as we possibly can. We know that a goal is required. So if you're a gowned defender, you're thinking, right, we're just going to make ourselves difficult to break down. And then that little bit of cleverness was just enough to make the break. Exactly. Just enough. And it's something that I suppose teams have become a wee bit more aware of in the last couple of years. I suppose the square ball, ball rule changed and, and took a long time for people. There was a goalkeeper was always my pet hate that even the referees didn't seem to know it. Mm. You always had to shout at them before a free was taken. Like an, it, it was a bit of a nightmare but I think teams are finally caught on to that rule and it, it makes such a difference. You can drop the ball right down under the crossbar if, if you play a short from the free. So it 
it was it was a wee bit of calmness and you saw that in other teams as well funny I was just watching back the the Scottsdale Kilku game this morning there and you know you saw a lot of calmness in Scottsdale's last six or seven minutes as well and and funny a wee, maybe a wee bit of uncharacteristic panic in in Kilku's um, and that that was a huge factor in that game as well like that was some win for Scotland, really, because we saw Kaku okay in the primary round. They eased to victory, but the way they were moving the ball around, the impressive running that we saw during the game, the team goal that they scored, the one that was palmed in, you're thinking Kaku were just kind of cooking nicely ahead of coming to the quarterfinals. And Scotstown laid the trap and knocked them out. It was a brilliant one for Scotstown, but I suppose they would have, even if you, again, just watching it back in the cold light of day this morning, you know, well after the event, and you think that they always looked like a team that that knew what they were about, that, that never felt like an underdog. You know, even the penalty, the reaction, Darren Hughes, I watched it, but I thought it was harsh. You know, the penalty that Kilku got, Caelan Doherty kind of ran into Darren Hughes and, and, and went to ground. And there was no big protest from Scotstown. You know, you, you feel as an underdog, right? That's a massive moment in the game. This game's we're a point up here. Kilku, a team as good as them, have been given a penalty, a soft one. You, you know, you kind of nearly expect people to go a bit mad, <laughs> and and they didn't. They just Darren Hughes went, turned the umpire, went what, and and that was it. And they just walked away. Paul Devon stuck the penalty in the net, and they just went on. You know, when there was a real, there was a real composure about them that, that suggested they were a team that you know they knew. They were going to take Kilku to the wire, and like Kilku came out of down playing probably some of the best football they've, they've played on any of this eleven or twelve years that they've been. You know, it's it's one of the most comfortable down championships that they've won. They were brilliant. I was at the Derry Gonley game. They really, you know, they were really really brilliant in the first half. But even in the first ten minutes, that you could see the wee things that Scotstown probably picked up on and one in, one in particular was that you know they just are la- Dylan Ward is, is away travelling and they just are lacking in midfield for that wee bit of height and if teams can squeeze them and in those last four or five minutes Gotstown just pushed right up and made Kilku go long and had a massive impact on that on that spell of the game so even as brilliant as Kilku were the, the first five or six minutes of that game, um, Derry Gonley went long three times to Ryan Jones and Jones was able to win the ball standing still. He didn't even have to jump. He just put his right arm up and, and stood his ground and caught the ball with one hand nearly. And, and you could feel that, you know, if a team goes long on that, Kilku midfield, they'll have some joy on it or makes Kilku go long to their own midfield. So, and Scott's saying like, I mean, they're smart men on on the line. David McKay's been in Monaghan setups. You have a, uh, a man like Peter Donnelly there, Damon Scullion, you know, you have you have a fair brains trust in that Kilku management team. So, you know, it was a it was a surprise. It was there's nobody denying that, but at the same time it wasn't it wasn't a huge, huge shock either. Um I think Scottstown would have felt that themselves coming in. Yeah, I mean look, plenty of intercounty players um sprinkled across both teams for this game between Scotstown and Trillick, but I, I don't think I've ever seen um as big a reaction about a game of football. Maybe the Mayo final this year, uh, which a lot of people weren't watching live on TV, but at least for a live game than Trillick's win against Cross McGlen, because everyone was talking about this being the death of football, the dog coming onto the pitch being the only entertaining thing during the game, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And Trillick, who were you know, it looked like uh, Cross McGlenn were in a very strong position in that game, found a way to win. Can they find a way to win this weekend? 
Yeah, look, I suppose again, just been close proximity. I've I've seen a lot of this Trillic team over the last six or seven years. Like I I I think this terrific Trillic team. I I think they're they're, they're going like Scottstown going to Kilku. Everybody now expects Scottstown because they've beaten Kilku that Scottstown will, will be in the Ulster final, and that is a dangerous dangerous thing for Scottstown because this is a serious Trillic side. Uh, they are so well organised like this. Is a Tyrone championship that, as we know, you know, is so so hard to win. No team has gone back to back since since Carrick Moore in 04 and 05. And and there you go, we're all set up. They looked like they were going to waltz them in the margin of their victories in the first three rounds of the Tyrone championship. Everybody expected Errigal to win. So, like everybody knew, but in weighing it up, you just felt that on the big day, Matty Donnelly's missing, Mickey Gallagher's missing. Those are two huge losses. Trillick were were much the better side in that in that kind of final. Like and I mean, I was a wee bit surprised. The people were surprised that they beat Cross McGlenn because for me Trillick are better than Cross McGlenn. They're just a better team mm. than them at the minute. They're a better they have a better system of play. They have certainly the equal, if not better, players on the whole. And I think the fact that we probably just haven't seen an awful lot of them because it's so hard to get out of Tyrone. Um I mean, Trillick have won in four-year cycles, basically 2015, 2019, 2023 have been there, three county titles of this. You don't see an awful lot of them in Ulster. But I think they have enough experience of it now. They have two fellas in, in Richie Donnelly and Rory Brennan who are playing the football of their lives and are are absolutely outstanding at the minute. And, you know, the, they just have a real good system of play. They have big athletic players. They, I remember going to their first game against Eden Dork and, remember thinking like they have fellas playing a 10 and 12 who would be 11 and 14 probably in most teams. Big, tall, athletic players, Kieran Daly and Liam Gray and Ryan Gray, you know, that that teams would love to have and probably people on the outside don't know an awful lot about, but they're serious footballers. And, you know, they've put in young Sean O'Donnell there because of the Canavans has come in at wing half back this year and Daly Tunney has come in and done well. Like, you know, I know this. This is a serious Chelsea team. This is that. That's a serious game on Sunday. I don't. I don't expect for one second that that Scottsdale will walk out of Sunday handy. Look, gonna be two really good games. Looking forward to it. Carrot, great to have you back in the show. Thanks a million. Thanks, Will. Uh, just a quick reminder then of what's coming up this coming weekend then. On Saturday, we've got the first of those club football semi-finals in Ulster, which is Glen against Nave Connell. That's at Healy Park. Half past five on the TV on RTE. We've got the Leinster Club Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals. Kilcormac Lai versus Lachlan Gales. TG Carr showing that one at half past one on Saturday. Nace against Nafina in Port Leash at the same time. And then on Sunday, focus switches. Both of these Munster Club senior football semi-finals are available to watch uh, via Munster GEA. You've got Clamel commercials of Tipperary against Kerry's Dingle. That's at Semple Stadium, half past one. Same time, Rackormack of Waterford up against Castlehaven of Cork. That's at Far Field. And then you've got the Ulster Club Senior Football Championship semi-final televised on TG Carr, one o'clock. Trillick of Tyrone against Scottstown of Monaghan. That is at the Athletic Grounds. All that to look forward to. We'll be reviewing it all next week. Hopefully you can join us. The Club Championship Show here on Off The Ball with thanks to AIB. The Club Championship Show on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsor of the Football, Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest.